this is Jan Swift, and you're listening to Discover Lafayette, a podcast dedicated to the people and rich culture of Lafayette, the gateway to South Louisiana. Our taping is made possible with the support of Raider, a hands-on IT service provider that integrates all of your needs for advanced technical support, effective communication options, and cybersecurity. Raider's motto is, you just want it to work. We understand. Please visit RaiderSolutions.com for more information. The generosity of Oxner Lafayette General also makes this podcast possible. As Acadiana's largest regional health system, including two teaching hospitals and the region's only level two trauma center with more than 5,500 employees, Oxner Lafayette General strives to put patients first and make caring their top priority. In continuous efforts to reach more patients, Oxner Lafayette General provides services throughout Acadiana and facilitates telemedicine throughout the state, making healthcare more accessible for everyone. For more information, visit oxnerlg.org. We're proud to welcome our newest sponsor, Home Bank, where you'll not only find trusted financial advisors, but neighbors who will help you stay ahead of identity thieves. Home Bank encourages you to limit the use of paper checks, which contain your personal or business information, along with your bank account number. When possible, choose to pay with cash, debit, or credit cards, or with your phone's mobile wallet. Learn more at home24bank.com. Today's guest is John Zollinger, Executive Vice President and Director of Commercial Banking at Home Bank. He is celebrating his 12th year with the company and his 32nd year as a banker in 2022. John leads a team of accomplished market leaders, commercial bankers, and treasury professionals in all of Home Bank's markets in Louisiana, Mississippi, and now Texas. A graduate of Jesuit High School and Spring Hill College in Mobile, Alabama, he earned his MBA from the University of New Orleans and is a graduate of the Graduate School of Banking at Louisiana State University. So John, banking has changed dramatically from the days of teaching kids how to open a checking account and write checks. So I wanna thank you for joining us. Um, We invited you here today to come speak about uh, check fraud and why we should not only be relying less on paper checks, but also looking at the way that we transact business. Thank you for making time today. Well, I appreciate it. It's an honor to be here. Well, me too. You know, and I have to say, if people hear noise in the background, we're taping at my home, and it's like magic. Whenever (laughs) I turn on the podcast mic, somebody's blowing leaves or something. Well, you know, the world isn't perfect. (laughs) No, it isn't. Well, tell us about yourself. I mean, Home Bank is growing exponentially. It must be a fun place. It's a great place to work. I've been there 12 years now. I came right after the first acquisition of Statewide Bank Mm -hmm. um, in in 2010 on the North Shore and uh, joined the company as the market president uh, for the North Shore, their their first real expansion into a new era. Um, You know, the history of home banks kind of fun in that we're 114 years old this year. Our first hundred years old, first hundred years was spent as kind of like I'll call it like a sleepy little SNL mm-hmm. that really did a great job of taking care of Acadiana, and um, Acadiana is our home and it's a wonderful, beautiful place. But you know, we took that and we went public in 2008 mm-hmm. and used that new capital to go out and expand. And we've made uh, six acquisitions now in the last 12 years. And uh, today we're a three and a half billion dollar bank. It's incredible. And um, that may sound like a lot of money 
because $3.5 billion would be a lot of money to you and me. But in the banking world, we're still, we're still fairly small. Um, we're probably the 500th largest bank in the country. Oh, my goodness. So, um, And there's about 45 to 4,700 banks in the country. I was about to ask you that. Yeah, so you know, yeah. We're, we're still you know, fairly small in, in the big scheme of things. There's a mm -hmm. lot of really big banks. Uh, but fairly big for Louisiana. Yeah, we're, 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 I like to say we're big enough to do almost anything for mm -hmm. anybody, but small enough still to really pay attention to our yeah. clients closely. You always wanted to be a banker? Uh, no, I didn't. <laughs> I kind of fell into it. My family owned an investment securities business in New Orleans that uh, focused on municipal securities and bonds. And uh, the 1986 Tax Reform Act completely changed that and uh, took away about 75% of their business with the um, stroke of a pen with the 86 Tax Reform Act. Oh my God! And um, <laughs> so we were, you know, bad business was struggling, and Dad told me, he says, you know, maybe you shouldn't come work here. Maybe you got to go find your own way. Mm -hmm. And so I kind of found my way into banking and um, became a management training trainee at Whitney Bank in New Orleans in 1990. So and you know, the most probably traditional bank I had ever seen in our state. It, is that a, was, a, it was a great huh? place yeah. to learn. Yeah. Um, it was a, it's a wonderful organization even today in Hancock, Whitney. And, um, you know, it was a really good place to learn and grow up as a banker. Right, right. So things have changed dramatically. Uh, we were having a conversation before we, we turned on the mic. And I am still dragging my feet on getting with it in the 21st century. And I'm, I'm hoping that a lot of our listeners We'll get something out of this today because you think that your check is, you know, for some of us, that's the most secure way to be utilizing our funds and transferring money. Yeah. But, you know, I always worry about the U.S. Postal Service losing a check, but you've got a bigger story to tell about why checks are a little iffy these days. Yeah, so the... So writing a check and handing it to somebody is probably still pretty safe. It's secure because you know they're going to go and use their mobile deposit and deposit it or go to the bank and actually talk to a teller mm -hmm. and deposit it. Um, but, but writing a check and putting it in the mail, the U.S. Postal Service is not secure. Um, there are people who will steal mail out of mailboxes. These blue boxes that you might deposit in, people have duplicated keys to those boxes and go and take mail out of them or they pick the box up and take the whole box with them. Um, the postal employees, hate to say it, um, have been implicated in a lot of fraud by stealing checks. They steal checks, they wash them, they use um, erasers or a chemical bath and take the ink off of them. Because most of your checks have security features in them. Um, they have uh, watermarks, they have threads, they have um, you know holograms on them. Mm -hmm. you, you've seen checks, I mean, they're getting pretty... Sophisticated, almost like our currency is. But you're saying maybe my big pen isn't quite that uh, secure, huh? No, I mean, erasing <laughs> it and changing the name yeah. from Jan to Fred can happen, mm -hmm. and it does. Or they change $700 to $7,000, and then the, the check clears. Um, I can give you example after example, and when you look at the checks, it looked like a third grader changed it, but it still clears. It goes through. It it's still like clears. Frank Abagnale and Catch Me If You Can, yes. right? That kind yes, of stuff. Yes, uh, exactly. And, you know, he started stuff. it, but now <laughs> people have gotten really professional about it. And uh, it is a money making business, and it's an industry today. And people 
um, are not only on the cyber part, but they're also in the check fraud part. They're on the check fraud business. This is uh, outrageous. I mean, I know my face. People can't see it, but it's just shocking to me. I guess I've been lucky that I haven't had this happen. It is, you know? but it's also sad to think yeah. that people can do that as a career and make a business out of it. And the other thing that pe- people get hurt in this whole thing, not just the banks because we lose money in the check fraud or other thing, but you know they prey on people who need money to go take these checks and try and go cash them in the branch. So we see people come into the branch all the time who are um, homeless, down on their luck, um, all you know, maybe hooked on drugs, all these different kind of things. And they say, I'll pay you $100 to go cash this check. And so they use these fronts. And so those people are really huge victims of this because then they get arrested mm-hmm. for doing something you know, that they, they would have never probably thought to do if, unless they ended up they in this. Desperate. Right, yeah. So you're saying that sometimes it looks like a third grader did it. But when this is presented to the teller... Well, what is their obligation? Like, what well, happens? tellers will catch that. Mm-hmm. I mean, we catch it all the time. A good eye will catch a lot of it. Uh, different font types, mm-hmm. all those kind of things are things that are clues. But, you know, we clear a million checks a month. Wow. Okay. Yeah, and I mean, so if it, gets de- so if it gets deposited at another bank or mobile deposited in a place, no one's really going to ever see it or touch it. It goes through this system. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we have systems controls and AI, and we're trying to fight it all the ways we can through technology. But, I mean, you know, if it's under $10,000, probably nobody's ever really going to see it. Mm-hmm. Okay? And so they stick to, to lower denominations and try and make it up on volume right. from that perspective. So what what happens on the bank's end if this check goes through and it's... It's cleared. How is it handled from, let's say, home bank sound? So from a legal perspective, it's the depositing bank's um, responsibility. responsibility. So we would go back. If it cleared through us, we would go back to the depositing bank and say, hey, this is a fraud check. You have to eat it. And so it, they, they lose that money. They lose that money. And then we all lose that Correct. money. Correct. I mean, it, it, it's not like it doesn't ever trickle down to the consumer. Right. Yeah. So we're all having to pay for these types of fraud. Absolutely. Um, check fraud in America last year was to the tune of almost $5 billion. Oh, wow. Gosh. So Article 3 of the UCC can only do so much. I mean, it's set up. Well, it's set up to, 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 to say who's responsible. Yeah. Yeah. That's all it does. Right. Um, but the prevention is where we can probably all come in. Yeah, so the prevention astute. is in a couple different things. One, um, I almost hate to say it, stop writing checks. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you mentioned to me earlier that you're a little bit afraid of technology, Venmo, Zelle, uh, ACH, those kind of things. Yeah. Like you put your routing number and your account number into a computer. Mm-hmm. Well, it's on the bottom of your check. Right. And so, I'm, if I'm mailing it, yeah, yeah what's it's, the difference? It's really no difference. Now, you know, hopefully you're using two, two-factor authentication, um, secure websites, those kind of things. Knowing what website you're on mm-hmm. is really important to make sure that web address is like the web address. Right. Those are the kind of things that you can do to make sure that you're giving the right information. So to initiate an electronic transaction... Your bank has to give you that software to be able to do that. 
we don't generally give that to crooks. <laughs> Hopefully. Okay. So. Like somebody from, I'm from the dark web. I'd like, you know. Right. Yeah. Excuse <laughs> I'd like to crack into your Hi, I'd accounts. like to, I'd like to commit fraud. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so we don't usually do that. And so, you know, authorized businesses, legitimate businesses, and we do, we're responsible because of U.S. Patriot Act, BSA, all these other, you know, alphabet soup legislation then we're, you know, we have to know our customers. Uh, we're required to do that. So we're going to give that electronic initiation software to people who right. deserve it. And um, so that makes it a lot, lot safer. And then the other part is that we also have ACH debit block. So ACH stands for automated clearinghouse, but effectively it's just electronic transfer. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I'm, I may just, so if I refer to ACH, that's kind of what it is. So an ACH debit means someone goes into your account and takes the money out of your account. You like give my a, Volkswagen monthly statement? Correct. Yep. Or your utility bill. And see, I'm okay with all that. I don't know why. Maybe because I'm on the computer when I did it. Yeah. But it's this mobile stuff. The mobile. And I, I, people are probably going, Jan, well, you know, I you shouldn't know, even be admitting this. But I'm just more comfortable if I'm dealing with Volkswagen than sending something Cell phone to cell phone to a friend. It's yeah. just I'm unfamiliar with it. I guess is well, the issue. I want you to think, uh, start to think of your um, cell phone as a computer. Okay. Because it is. It is. I know. And so when you think about it that way, you say, "Well, I'm using my computer. Mm-hmm. It happens to be in my hand." <laughs> just have to get my glasses out for right. that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I shouldn't be talking about all this, but it's reality. And I think, I, I guess, there's a few others like me. Well, you know, I think when. Adopting and accepting technology is something that comes a little bit slower with some people because yeah. they're skeptical and they won't, don't want to make sure they're getting duped. And it's that's a really good way of thinking. And I think that you should be very leery of almost anything and everything today that's on a computer. Mm-hmm. An email, anything, because, you know, we've had email takeover fraud, but I, I want to I go back to ACH real quick. Okay. So we have a product which tells you ACH debit block. I will not going to allow any debits in my account. So even if they have your account number, they won't. Now, we also have it to where we're going to block all debits except, except yeah, Volkswagen or Volkswagen, yeah, the yeah. utility uh-huh. bill or whatever you've authorized. Which I, I like that. I, okay. I think that would make me feel That's a good very protection. Secure. And I didn't realize we can ask for that. Yes. And then the other thing that we have for businesses is something called positive pay. And positive pay is where you send us a file of all of the checks you wrote today. The check has the payee name the date, the amount, and the check number. Mm-hmm. And then when that check hits us, it matches it and it says, clears, hey, that's yeah. a match, mm-hmm. it clears. Mm-hmm. If it doesn't match, it gets kicked out and said, hey, Jan, did you write that check? It's an exception item. And so we call you in the morning or we send you a report and you say, hey, this check mm-hmm. cleared the, uh, is trying to hit the account and it doesn't match with the file you sent us. Did you forget to put it on the file? Mm-hmm. And that, and so that is a really great fraud protection system that we offer for small business or for, for business. any business. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, earlier today, I've got an Amazon account, and I got an email at twelve thirteen, and I knew I hadn't been on Amazon. I had been on earlier, but they're like, someone's trying to sign into your account, and then I look at my phone, and my daughter's going, "Hey, can I buy a?" 
yeah. something. And I said, yeah, go ahead and let her do it. But I, I like mm-hmm. that added security. Even though I didn't ask for it, I'm thinking with all the things going on in Ukraine and things are coming out now about cybersecurity being right. a real threat, m- more so than probably normal. I think <clears throat> we all need to step up our game. We do. And I think that's why uh, signing in to anything that's secure you want to have two-factor authentication now. So when you go to sign in, you need to get the text message. You need to put the code in mm-hmm. and do that because if you have your fo- if you are in possession of your phone, then that's the control. Right. And uh, so your daughter couldn't have signed into Amazon mm-hmm. if you had every time you sign in, you have to do two-factor authentication. Right. Now she would have said, "Hey, mom." You know what's yeah, or I what, could just order it for. Just right, tell me what's what you, what's the code? Yeah, and that is your mm-hmm. your factor. Now, uh, two years ago, I had my phone number stolen from me. Your um, phone number? Yeah, somebody transported my number from AT and T to T Mobile without my author, uh, authorization. What did they do with it? I don't know that they. I I, I hope that I acted fast enough. Uh-huh. I changed every password on all of my financial stuff. I um, went to the I went to AT and T like right away. Drove to the mm-hmm. store, told them, you know, because I got an email that says your your number's been ported away from AT and T. Did you authorize that? And the answer was no. I didn't right. authorize that. And the importance of that is you were telling me earlier is that your phone number is tied to so many accounts, right? Correct. I mean that's how Zelle and all so these if they, different if accounts. They, you know, so then then they started to try and sign into things, yeah. hoping that they would get the the two factor authentication number. To, to, to get in. Gosh. So there, there's many ways that you need to be vigilant and mm-hmm. uh, pay attention and try and set up your notifications and your systems so that you get those types of things. Right. I want to get more into this, but if you don't mind, John, first I'd like to pause um, during every podcast. We reflect back on a prior podcast and this one is with your friend, Chris Rader. I know he's a fellow uh, graduate of Spring Hill Uh, Raider Solutions cybersecurity team was an interview we did. And in this, we talked about the many reasons you need to be proactive in protecting your data, just like what you're talking about. This moment is made possible by FACET, which offers career transition services and executive coaching. They've done so for 40 years. FACET's career outplacement services employ a personal touch, boost morale, and lower the cost of severance. Visit facetgroup.com for more information. We people, your success. And now the moment. When did y'all realize that cybersecurity was a, a major issue for your clients? Well, in the past, uh, cybersecurity was mainly focused on, you know, the, the bad guys were people who would write a virus just to see if they can. Mm-hmm. You know, just maybe a kid who, you know, learned about operating systems and how they're written and found some flaw and... They'd write some sort of a virus to, you know, make somebody's computer shut off or, you know, play weird sounds or, you know, just create a little bit of mayhem. Um, What we've seen over the past decade or so is this has become a business. Um, These, you know, the the bad actors are organized. They have a marketplace and they're buying and selling everything that's available, you know, to be exploited is is on is on the market is for sale. Uh, for a couple of bucks, you can get somebody's email password. You know, for ten or fifteen dollars, you can you know get a set of computers, and you can have you know a set amount of time on random people's computers who don't know their name. 
Welcome back to Discover Lafayette with John Zollinger, Executive Vice President and Director of Commercial Banking and Home Bank. We're talking about all the many ways I need to get (laughs) into the 21st century, and many, many of us need to hear this message over and over. You know, you can get so upset about Facebook, you know, someone's hacked a Facebook page or they've duplicated it, but that's a drop in the bucket compared to your your bank account being wiped out or... You know, your security system being dismantled. Your credit card, fraudulent charge on yeah. your credit card, all those kind of things. All those things yeah. that deal with the banking system in particular. Mm-hmm. So um, if you want to dive in more with, with Home Bank, I know that you're a large bank. You said not one of the largest in the country, but this has got to be an incredible journey for you and your team to protect your clients. So it feels like we are in a daily um, hand-to-hand fight. Um, you figure out one thing and then Well, you know, here's one of the out. challenges that we have is that, okay, so a company has fraud on their checking account, so we close the checking account. Well, there's checks out there in the world that need to be cleared that they that they're really wrote. And so we end up opening a new account and then seeing whatever hits the old account every day. And then we have to call the client and say, did you write this check? Did you write this check? Did you write this? So it's a time suck mm-hmm. and an energy, you know, challenge for the client and us. And we're spending more and more and more time and energy and resources on all of that. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, writing checks, first of all, let's talk about the economics of writing a check. All right. So you have to buy the check paper. You have yeah. to run it through the, the toner. You have to sign it. You have to stuff it in an envelope. You have to lick the envelope. You have to buy the envelope. You have mm-hmm. to buy the stamp. And it probably costs you 3 to $5 for every check as a company that you write in mail. Okay? Mm-hmm. Well, if you were able to get the information for who you want to pay, and then you could control better when they got the money and when they cashed the check, if you sent them that money electronically. Mm-hmm. Just you know? wire the money to them? But not ACH. ACH. And, and, I'm and, using an old term from yeah. a real estate well, day, wire, so. A wire costs $20. It does cost money. Yeah. Okay. And that's immediate funds. And ACH costs $0.10. Cents. That's it? Yes. Each. Wow. Okay. So it's a very cost-effective way of paying someone. And then you know that they got it. Right. You know, you don't in, wonder, in, did they make de- it? It, it? It could be one day or it could be two days. Mm-hmm. It's generally not going to be more than two days. So the mail is pretty knows, good, yeah. but I know they're going to get the money in two days. Mm-hmm. So it, it from a payment perspective and managing your cash flow as a company, ACH is a great product, and it's very easy to use. You can set up templates and say... I pay Jan. So Jan's a regular person that, that is a vendor, and I pay her regularly every two weeks, but it's a different amount every time. So if I put in the date and the amount and I already got Jan set up, boom, I just pay her you know, a couple clicks of the buttons on your online banking, and you're done. So it's a very effective way of doing it. Is this what most of your small businesses are doing these days? Um, we're trying to move them in that direction, I think, because for fraud reasons, mm-hmm. efficiency reasons, a lot of different reasons. Um, but people know what they know. Right. They like what they like. And, you know, it, it, change is not always the thing mm-hmm. that, that happens. I mean, I look at it and I say change is the one thing that's constant. Yeah. And, you know, 
in technology continues to improve. Our ability to serve our clients through technology mm-hmm. continues to improve. Um, we're pro- we're spending more money on technology now than we are on facilities. And the educational piece, though, is where I'm sure the toughest part is. I'm picturing mom and pops that have their long-term bookkeeper mm-hmm. that's a check person, yeah. and to try to convince and then, you know, and, well, someone and they think it, that this is a much better way to operate is probably it's, it's a little challenging. Well. From a small business perspective, you want to control the money, right? You're the you're the owner. It's your capital at risk. You want to control the money. And they think a check does that because they have to sign it. Mm-hmm. Someone else can write the check, but I have to sign it. Well, the same thing can happen with ACH. You can have the bookkeeper create the file, and then you approve it. So you have the same controls with that. Mm-hmm. It, that, to me, is an educational knowledge thing. Right. That once we explain that part to them, they're like, okay, I'm good with it. Mm-hmm. How are you getting the word out besides this podcast? Um, it's uh, guerrilla warfare. Uh-huh. It's, hand, up the phone. it's hand-to-hand combat. Yeah, speak to Bob, president of XYZ. We call on our clients and mm-hmm. we tell them what the benefits of this are. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, some of them come to us, but mostly we're going to them and saying, hey, there's a better way. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Um, is this just the start of a changing trend? You know, Chris Rader gave me some questions to ask you and one of them... <laughs> We'll have to ask you later about your local craft beer. He wanted me to ask that. But okay. He wanted to know, uh, is online secure? And so let, let's go to that. What if I'm doing QuickBooks online? Is is that secure? Um, yes, especially if you have a specific sign-on code with two-factor authentication. And is that tied to my account? Like they're tied, right, To for in many it, cases? It could be if you do have it that way. Uh-huh. Um, I don't know if that's the best way to do it or if it's better to keep them independent. You know, online. well, I mean, there's a lot of advantages to having them connected because reconciling your bank account exactly. is a really important thing mm-hmm. to um, offset fraud. Catch it early. So if something hits your account and you didn't write the check, you put the two together and you notice it. Looking mm-hmm. at your account every day probably is a good thing as an individual and as a business. Just see what's going on. Mm-hmm. Did I write that check? I mean, I catch myself, I'll look at my account and I'll be like, I didn't write that check. And then I go look at the image of the check and yeah. I'm like, oh yeah, I, I wrote did. that check. That yeah. was the, f- yeah, the donation right. yeah, or whatever. Forgot. Yeah, yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. I do that too. Yeah. Sometimes I want to call and I'm like, I better just give it a beat <laughs> so I can remember, oh yeah, I did write that. Right. So he also wanted me to ask, uh, what do you think we'll be using in the next five to 10 years? I mean, you think checks are still going to be around? Well, I, 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 are there, pennies? You know, <laughs> will pennies be? I'd around? love for pennies to go away. <laughs> um, ten years ago, we said checks were going away. They're still here. Yeah. Uh, five years ago, we said checks were going away. They're still here. There's a lot less of them. Yeah, um, they're so expensive. So what we're you know? <laughs> seeing clear is a lot less. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know if currency will ever go away. I don't know that checks will ever go away. Um, there may become a point where the banking system just says, you know, we're not doing that anymore. We're not taking checks. And I think that's what it's going to take for checks to go away because there's a place for them in the world. There really is. Um, but when we look at the risks associated with those, I begin to say they have less and less of a place. Mm -hmm. Um, Zelle and Venmo and other, um, cash apps, cash trading apps, are very secure. I think they can be trusted. 
um, especially Zell. Zell was created by Wells Fargo, um, you know, it, and they 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 produce this product and it's very well tested. Um, I use both Venmo and Zell depending on the situation mm-hmm. and the amount of money right. that is involved. And, you know, I feel I've had very good success with it and I've never had a problem. That's not to say that it couldn't right. be hacked or have mm-hmm. a problem with it. What is the difference between Zelle and Venmo? Is there um, any practical difference? No, the not, person re- not really. It? Not really. Um, you know, effectively, it's just two different platforms to use. Because mm-hmm. the kids I know all use Venmo. And it just makes so much sense when you think about going out to eat at dinner you know, squaring up with everybody. Mm-hmm. It's practically, life is so different. And um, I saw John Bordelon, your boss, the other day, and I said, you know, my daughter, Kelly, that's 23, I don't think she's ever written a check. She's had an account, yeah, my, but I don't think she's ever written a check. My 24-year-old doesn't know how to write a check. Right. I, I went to go teach her one day, and she said, I don't need to know that. Well, it's like the stick shift, you know. Yeah. They do. I think they need to know, uh-huh. but they may not use it often enough to remember. Right. So... Well, um, what what are some things, uh, if I'm not being too redundant, what are some of the issues that you see over and over that people could avoid if they would just think? Are there some common traps that we fall in with our bank accounts or the way that we're transacting business? What what, what are maybe some of the top things you tell your clients to be aware of? Don't click on a link in an email. <laughs> Especially if it's... From your bank or from from almost anybody. I mean, almost don't click on a link from an email. Um, that's how hackers get in, and they start to you know travel around, and that leads to um, a lot of different problems. But it, it you could head off almost anything from a financial loss perspective. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, you know, be very leery of almost anything electronic. Um, don't go just jumping right in. Mm-hmm. Take your time. Think about it. Maybe read what was sent to you. Is it in really good English? Is mm-hmm. it written yeah. with proper grammar? Is the spelling right? Mm-hmm. Um, does Do the I, website yeah. address match exactly what it is? Mm-hmm. Um, Do I have a granddaughter in Nigeria? No, no I, I mean, don't think but so. You know, <laughs> I'll give you an example of something that happened to us that uh, to a client of ours, um, and it's email takeover fraud. Okay, so somebody hacked. Uh, it's an ar- he's an architect. He has a fairly good business, and uh, he has a, his CFOs in Nashville, and um, his email got hacked. So we get an email from him, not him, but we get an email mm-hmm. from him that says, "Hey, I hired a new controller in um, Charlotte. His name is so and so. I'd like him to be added to the account." So we're like, okay, great. So we start to add him to the account. And um, so then we get through the process and we realize that somebody raised their hand and said, I'm not so sure about this. So they picked up the phone and called the architect and said, hey, did you hire so-and-so in Charlotte? And he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, my God. And what could have happened was... He says, okay, wire this much money. The new guy's on the account, so he's now authorized to do this. And he, mm-hmm. he could have wired money to himself. And so he was almost there. Now, you know, luckily we caught it. Mm-hmm. But it's a great example of... Just one case just of don't, fraud. It's like don't trust email. Mm-hmm. I mean, email, 
you know, can be trusted at a certain point. But if it's a financial transaction, you should talk to your banker. You should, Mm -hmm. you know, say, hey, I'm sending you this email to wire $5,000 to so-and-so. Right. So that we know, and we have callback features. We have security features in there. But, you know, the fraudsters are spending 100% of their time trying to get over on us. Mm -hmm. And we're spending maybe 10% of our time trying to keep from, you know, getting taken. Yeah. So that that time difference <laughs> or energy difference makes makes a difference. And in most of us, we don't really think about it till we are taken advantage of, and then it's an outrage mm-hmm. when we probably have opened the door, you know, without meaning to yeah. for all kinds of uh, fraud. I- so people are generally nice and trusting, and the fraudsters play on that. Mm-hmm. And so I'm not telling you not to be nice and not to be trusting, but when it comes to your finances. Don't be nice. Right. Don't be trusting. Be alert. Yeah. Be vigilant. So uh, would bankers, do you ever ask people, I'm just saying, you know, some other things we need to look out for. Would my banker call me over the phone and ask for my social security number? Like anybody, let's say from home bank. Okay. It wouldn't be you maybe, but just. So if you call us, we're going to verify who you are. So expect us to ask you the last four digits or your address, the Mm -hmm. last check you wrote or some way Mm -hmm. to verify that you are you and that only you would know that. Okay. Okay. If, if we call you, I called you, do you, I need to verify who you are? Right. Okay. So if I, if the bank calls you, Mm -hmm. give them no information, Mm -hmm. tell them I will call you back. Mm -hmm. And then you then you can verify me. Okay. Okay. So that's a that, that that's a perfect example. Elderly people fall that's into that thinking. trap all the time. They're very trusting. They're very, they are, and they're so nice. They want to be helpful. Mm-hmm. So the bank called you. They say, "Oh, we have a problem with your account. If you only tell me your account number, I'll be able to help you with it." <laughs> They've already supposedly know your account number because that's why they're calling you. The bank called you. Yeah. 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 I guess we just have to think about it. I interviewed David Joseph. He was U.S. attorney uh, until he was appointed uh, district judge, U.S. district judge. And this was one of the things that drove him batty. He, he just hated white, you know, th- this white-collar crime mm-hmm. because it takes so much money from the unsuspecting people. And, the and biggest it's cha- rampant. And the biggest challenge is, is that law enforcement doesn't have the resources to track it down. Mm-hmm. And so if it's not a certain amount of money— they're not going after the people. Right. And, you know, we had an instance where we had fraud on an account. We opened a new account. The next day, the only check they wrote was on the new account was to, this, was to a utility. The day after that, there was an ACH that tried to hit the account, the, the new account that was fraud. Oh. So within a day, mm-hmm. they'd already found out who what the new account number was and tried to... Tried to commit fraud on it. You know, John, back in the 90s, I, I've had more problems with credit cards. I've had a couple of credit cards that were counterfeited. Yeah. And back in the 90s, I used a credit card once locally in Lafayette. And then I used to travel for work. And uh, I got a call from the bank, whatever the card was on. And they said, have you been in New York and San Francisco? And mm-hmm. I, I had been. I was like, yeah, why? And they said, your card's been used like... 30 to $300 a 
up and down Fifth Avenue and then like on the West Coast and someone had it and was just buying or mm-hmm. using it for small amounts. And that always left me skittish. But your conversation today makes me realize that it's really these very simple transactions that can get you in deep trouble. You know, sure. So wipe um, you out. Probably what happened there was a clerk at one of those account, uh, one of those stores that you went to mm-hmm. skimmed your card number. Okay, so they had a they swiped it twice. They swiped it in the skimmer and they swiped it to charge you. Okay, mm-hmm. the skimmer takes your numbers and then they give it to a fraudster, sell those numbers to somebody, and they go and recreate your card or go online and start using that number. Yeah. So, um, like Apple Pay, so paying, like paying, I love it, not touchless. Don't give your card to somebody if you don't have to. If you have a card that has um, the little Wi-Fi symbol on it, mm-hmm. you, you know what I'm talking yeah. about? Then you can tap to pay. I like that. So it's always in your hands. Mm-hmm. Now, skimmers can't... The tap to pay, it's hard to skim that, okay? Uh, if you use your card at the gas pump, uh, make sure you pull on the, the thing you're going to stick your card into. Pull on it first. Make sure there's no skimmer on top of it. Oh. Okay? Tug on it. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a really good thing to do. I've done that a couple times at the. I do it every time I, now when I go to if I have to swipe my card to pay. Mm-hmm. I usually try and use an app to pay at the pump now. Um, that's much more secure. Mm-hmm. Nobody gets my information right unless they get into my app. But so t- one person saw me like tugging on the thing. Like, what are you doing? I'm like, mm-hmm. well, there's they put skimmers on top of this. So when you swipe your card, it takes your number and it steals it. Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't know about how, that. How do we know? All I mean, how do you figure out these things if you're not John, you know, Zollinger? Well, you know, I, I, I didn't know that from banking. Yeah. I knew that from just, you know, reading and seeing yeah. other things. But, yeah. um, you know, passing that information along. It, it and, and, and what yeah. you're doing here with the podcast is yeah. really wonderful because it's it's important for people to know. I was at we go to Albertsons after church every Sunday, and one of the ladies that works there told me to always get your receipts. I don't know if it's just their register, but she said that they've seen before if you don't like if it says do you want your receipt, yes. People have not done that, and then the next person, it, it's like the the transaction's still open. Mm. And they've seen fraud or, you know, people, yeah. maybe it was unintentional, but so now wherever I am, I'm like, yes, I want my receipt. And uh, even though it's paper, just to make sure that the transaction is finished. Right. I, I don't know. It's like every day there's something new to be aware of. Well, you know, when, um, when industry figures out a way to cut off an avenue for fraud, they find another one. Mm-hmm. And so this is a constant battle that we're going to be fighting for a long time because Hackers and fraudsters have found a way to make a lot of money. It's a big industry. $5 billion in check fraud alone last year in America. Uh, That's a huge industry Mm -hmm. if you think of it in that respect. So people are going to put resources and investment into committing more fraud because it's a moneymaker. So that information, we were talking earlier, it's housed, I guess, on the dark web, which I've never gotten into. Um, But you were saying that People can buy, they can just buy information, they can take your cell phone, they can take your Yes, yeah, so our company our company did a search. Mm-hmm. Um, don't know exactly how because I'm not the IT guy. Maybe we'll ask Mr. Rader yeah. about that. Um, we did a, we like went out and did a search and they found that one of my old passwords was out there on the dark web. 
And that can be sold. And yeah, and so they asked me, "Do I still use that password?" And I said, "No, I, mm. I, I you know, got rid of that password a long time ago." Would you like to talk about the password creation? Yeah. So um, one Let's of the things, that, yeah. one of the things I heard um, that was really good, and I thought important. Um, these hackers, they have these algorithms that search words. So if you use a word in your password, it's not nearly as secure. Um, so I was taught uh, a, a good way to do that might be to come up with a phrase and use the first letter or first two letters or the last two letters of each word in the phrase as your password. And so it's easy to remember. Like the hardest thing to do is remember your password, right? Because they right. change them all the time and then you forget them and then you reset them and you get in this password prison mm-hmm. and it's it's just a mess. Um don't use the same password for all of your uh, different things because if they get one, they got them all. Mm-hmm. Uh, using the password keeper, some type of software um, app that that is a password keeper is is acceptable and should be used because you want to have multiple passwords mm-hmm. for different things. And using that, you know, the the little boy jumped over the fence and fell in the pond. Use that phrase like that or something. It's even more nonsensical. You know, like, I like vanilla ice cream served with chocolate and sprinkles, okay? Something like that. You use the first letter, first Mm -hmm. two letters, and throw in some numbers and some symbols in there in the middle, and capitalize in little case and Mm -hmm. lowercase, and, you know, go go for it. And I think that is, right now, the best way to protect yourself from at least losing a password. Right. So your name or one, two, three, four doesn't really cut it. Huh? Nope. <laughs> Are there any topics that you wanted to talk about that I didn't ask you about? I think it's important from a financial perspective to ask your banker about different ways to protect yourself from fraud. So I've talked about a few different products that we have or services, but effectively each person's situation is a little different. Every business is a little bit different. Your situation, you know, we're not maybe the experts in everything, but we see a lot. Um, You know, we deal with a lot of different businesses and a lot of different situations. And so having that personal relationship with a banker is important. Um, I think that's been lost over time, especially with digital banking. Digital banking is great. Mm -hmm. It is a convenience. It allows you to do so much more, so much faster at your pace and your time. You don't have to worry about nine to five. Are we open? Is it a holiday? You can do it on your phone. Um, But when it comes to making sure that you're doing the right things and doing it in a way that we can protect you and help you, especially become more efficient and effective in your business and managing your cash, having that conversation with your ba- with a banker mm-hmm. and developing a relationship with someone yeah a, a, human per- being. a, a person yeah. is important especially if you've got a problem like you're saying you know if you only bank digitally you don't there's no one person yeah know? so 1800 is hard to, uh, it, it it can be perfect if it's a simple thing but when you have to call back and you get a different person yeah and then you have to the explain conversation. the conversation. Yeah. It becomes very difficult. But if you have a person to call, mm-hmm. and they've already, they're going to remember the conversation because you just had it with them, a, you know, an hour ago. Yeah. Um, it, it does make a difference. And 
you know, the biggest challenge that we have in our industry is that we our, our products and our services are kind of homogeneous. They're all the same. A checking account's a checking account. A loan's a loan. Um, and, and so are you willing to pay for the value of having a person mm-hmm. that's attached to your relationship? And right. I think that's where home bank adds value. We are small enough and really are so customer focused that we pay attention to our clients and care. I mean, paying attention is one thing, but caring mm-hmm. is really the most important part. And our bankers do such a good job of that. You know, making sure that you're taken care of and that you end the conversation or the situation with, okay, I'm yeah. settled. I got it. Yeah. We're fixed. That is what we're really looking for. And, um, you know, it, it doesn't may not always happen in the first conversation. Um, we may not always completely understand the situation. And those are the biggest challenges that we have to make sure we spend the time to ask the right questions and kind of dig in mm-hmm. to really capture the situation. Right. Well, it's, it's worth its weight and goal to have a relationship with your banker and your bank. I, I wish yeah. more people thought that way. Yeah. Because we'd have a lot more clients. Well, then you would be like one of the top. (laughs) Yeah. Well, there's always, you know, tomorrow. So, yeah, yeah, I'm just, I'm so glad you've been here today. And as we're winding down, I'm looking at the questions that uh, Chris sent me. And he did want me to ask you, Chris Rader, Mm -hmm. your favorite local craft beer. Is this something you guys have talked about? I mean, I know we have different... Yeah, so um, I guess what Chris is getting at is that I am a big craft beer enthusiast. Okay. Um, it is one of those things. And as a banker, and if I like something, I throw myself into it and I try and understand as much as I can about it. It's just kind of, I guess it's DNA, banker DNA. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, locally in the Acadiana region, uh, you guys are blessed to have Parish and Bayou Tesh. Those are two really great breweries. Uh, the people there are exceptional. It, as people mm-hmm. and uh, real, I mean, the Knots and um, Andrew Godley, really good people. They make great beer. They've got great people working for them. Um, really nice environments, too. I don't know if you've been to Arnoville and I been to Bayou Tesh. I, I need to. I it's, used to live out there. It's yeah. worth the trip and uh-huh. uh, it's a really nice environment. Far. They have a great pizza joint that's associated with it. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, there's just nothing better than sitting out under the oaks having a beer. That's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, that's a beautiful part of the countryside, too. Yeah. What about in New Orleans, in your area? Um, we're blessed to have a lot of really good breweries in New Orleans. Um, and, um, you know, it's it's hard to single them all out. But, you know, Gnarly Barley and Hammond is, makes really great beer. They're a client of ours, and we love them. Uh, Zoni Mash is a client, and they make great beer as well. And um, two totally different environments, mm-hmm. um, kind of different things. The guys at Zoni Mash are really good at making sour beer. Um, so you've got to have a real taste for that. And, um, but it's, it's fun. Um, you know, look, uh, Urban South, um, NOLA, Port Orleans, Fauxburg, um, Miel, Parlou, Brucaray. You are an expert. Yeah, oh, they all are really good. I mean, it's mm-hmm. fun to kind of see them uh, grow and flourish and I do bet. well in the industry. Yeah. It's been fun. I mean, it's it's a it's a it's a it's a smaller industry, mm-hmm. and they're fighting the big boys. You know, Anheuser Busch, InBev, Miller Coors. Yeah. You know, and and it's been an industry that's grown a lot in a fairly short period of time. 
Um, well, I know locally our Schilling distributing, you know, the Budweiser distributor, they distribute these craft beers also. So, they do, right? Yeah, yeah. And the distributors are a big part of the growth uh-huh. because if the beer doesn't get to the store, people don't buy it. Right. What a fun hobby to have. So, mm-hmm. well, I just, I, I guess, again, um, as we're winding down, I want to thank you, John Zollinger, for being here. We didn't get into your family. I see you have three children, Zoe, Jake, and Quincy. Yeah. So you've got a full life. It's, it's been great. Life, yeah. Huh? yeah. I outkick my coverage when I married Tina. Well, <laughs> I love that saying. <laughs> thank you again for making time and for, for getting us to wake up. I think that's the most important thing. We might not do all of these things, but just to be more aware of what we could be doing and taking one step at a time. Sure. Having the conversation is the biggest part yeah. about it, because if you start to talk about it and think about it, mm-hmm. you realize ways to combat fraud yeah. and check fraud. To me, it's like the seatbelt issue. When we, you know, first everybody had to start wearing them. Mm-hmm. Some of us were resistant. And then after you realize the importance of it, you can't not do it. Yeah. You know, you have to protect yourself. So. Well, thank you for your time today, John Zollinger. Thank you to our listeners. I'm so grateful for your ongoing support. Please visit us at discoverlafayette.net to see John Zollinger and about 260 other interviews that we have on the, the website. And if you haven't, please consider subscribing to Discover Lafayette. And we couldn't do this without our sponsors. I do want to thank Oxner, Lafayette General, Home Bank, Facet Group, and of course, Raider, and in particular, Jason Sikora, who mixes our tape. On behalf of Discover Lafayette, this is Jan Swift.